I feel like we're not as in sync as we usually are. No, I don't think so either. It's <laughs> probably my fault because I'm so hungover. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are. We are going to make it work. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Fairy Tale Fix. I'm Abby. I'm Kelsey. And this is the podcast where <laughs> we can never get a correct intro down ever, not once. Not to save our lives. <laughs> yeah. This is the Fairy Tale Podcast where we read fairy tales to each other and fix them for a modern audience. And we have a very, very special guest today. Right. We have been joined uh, by Sequoia Simone from But Make It Scary. Welcome, Sequoia. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you here. I love your show. I have listened to every episode, so I feel a little bit like we got a celebrity (laughs) on our show. It makes me feel so special. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you for listening to the show. I'm so excited that you listened to it. Sequoia. Tell us a little bit about But Make It Scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my show But Make It Scary is a romance horror podcast. It is a show where (laughs) I bring on a guest. We take a romantic movie and we rewrite it as a horror film. Um, And it's just like a really silly, fun. Sometimes it's really scary. Sometimes it's really silly (laughs) we sort of run the whole gamut so it's a ton of fun and you two have been on it before we sure have we did ever after which was was great fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah we turned it into a uh witch story gotta love a creepy witch and i mean we just absolutely love witches um fairy tale witches we are villain sympathizers 100 uh, percent so we had to basically ruin that movie that everyone loves so much i feel like everybody loves ever after which it has never been my favorite mm. uh we talked about that a little bit we actually had a we listener did. um yell at us for coming after ever after so hard <laughs> we did we did i actually that's how i felt um uh, listening. So I was talking, we were talking earlier and uh, Sequoia did an episode on Shakespeare in Love, which is one of my favorite romantic movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ripped it to shreds. I so really I did. Feel, <laughs> I feel like I really got a taste of my own medicine for coming forever after so hard on our show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we did, we recorded for like two hours we talked about just about the movie for like a solid hour and then we were like oh i guess we have to do what the podcast is (laughs) (laughs) yes i guess but i do but i don't know that was so much fun talking to the two of you about ever after and sort of like all of our all of our problems with it but also Mm -hmm. why i don't know it is it's still a classic it's a classic fairy tale movie i love it i love it it's a fun movie yeah (laughs) it's fine i liked our version better i absolutely want to see 
our version come to life on the screen. I think that would be so much fun. Uh, especially, I think Drew Barrymore makes a great, like, scary queen. Yeah. She um, deserves to. Oh, yeah. She deserves to. Drew Barrymore deserves her villain era. <laughs> yeah, let's give it to her. <laughs> so we definitely fixed that story. Sequoia, would you say that like when you are with the romantic movies you do the most often, would you, this is not like a scripted question, <laughs> but I just, I just thought of it. Would you say that you are fixing most of the romantic movies that you do by turning them into a horror story? Absolutely. <laughs> I I would I would term it that way, especially with the ones that like really don't age very well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those romantic movies from like the late '90s, early 2000s are just so problematic. Um, mm-hmm. And making them into scary movies really does really does fix them. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I wanted to ask, what is your favorite childhood fairy tale? This is real. This one was really hard for me because I there's well two things. First, I don't think that I had a ton of fairy tale exposure outside of the general like Disney-fied, uh-huh. you know, experience. Yeah. Um I was like a Greek mythology child. Nice. <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> I, I I was doing something. I had some kind of a vibe. Um and then, so so when I when I when I really had to think about it, I came down to Little Red Riding Hood, Next. and that's because um, when I was like five or six years old, my little sister was like two. For Mother's Day, we made a Little Red Riding Hood short film for my mom Aww. with my dad. So my little two-year-old sister played the wolf. Oh, so um, cute. And she also played my my mother. I was Little Red, clearly, because I had to be the star. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> have to be the center of attention. Have, at all times. Um, and my dad played Grandma and the Hunter. <laughs> I love it. And it's just like, it's one of those things that has gone down in like, you know, we recorded it in the 90s on some like old school, you know, camera that took like a full like VHS tape in it or whatever. <laughs> um, and it like that VHS got copied. Somebody put it on onto DVDs a few years ago. I think oh. that now it, it it's now on YouTube, like, uh, like oh unlisted gosh. for my family. Um, but like it's it's it, it's within the family lore. Uh, and a lot of the things that, uh, you know, the cute silly stuff that my little sister at two years old playing the wolf said mm-hmm. is just like things that my family says all the time I'm like um how oh, she uh what did she say she was always like all the better to see you with you deal oh. <laughs> Oh my god! So all the time, my family were like, "You deal." Um, <laughs> oh, so cute! It's it's the most adorable thing. So that that is my favorite fairy tale because it has that very special, you mm-hmm. know, memory for me. 
Absolutely. That is the cutest story I have ever heard. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's a flawless answer. That is so cute. Oh, my God. (laughs) Red Riding Hood is also my favorite childhood fairy tale. Um, It's also just really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a fun one. And it's fun, too, because, I don't know, when you grow up, like Red Riding Hood just has so many like layers. It's like cute when you're a kid and then it can be really sexy as an adult or like, <laughs> or it can be really scary. I don't know. Right. I just, or it's, both. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have so many reasons. I think Red Riding Hood is the sexiest fairy tale, which might be problematic, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I was in um, a little Red There's Riding no shame Hood on play this podcast. growing up, and my crush was the wolf. So I feel like that just set the tone for the rest of my life. Oh, that, yep. yep. <laughs> That's it. That would be it. Such a good story. I'm excited to do that one. That does always remind me, though, of... Um, I know that Kelsey has seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, Sequoia, but it's the original Broadway cast recording of Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> excellent. I'm so glad we're all on the same page. So that song, um, that's you know, it's Red Riding Hood and the Wolf song. It's a uh, Hello Little Girl for uh, mm-hmm. those of you who have not seen the musical. Mm-hmm. And so I always associate that uh, story as being kind of sexy because the the Wolf Man costume has like abs. Yeah, and he's dressed in like a cute little coat, and he has yeah. a giant codpiece, yeah, attached to the costume. Like, <laughs> true, because they're definitely trying to say something about yes. growing up and like mm-hmm. sexual awakenings, and also predators. Exactly, <laughs> with one song in this musical. So, like, I my mother tells me that uh, my sibling and I used to rewind that scene a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because it gave you feelings it made it we were Ooh. feeling things yeah. and she would always and she and we'd be we'd be like yeah we just really like the song mom and she'd be like uh-huh sure uh, yeah you, i know I yeah you, you do you kids <laughs> you weird little girls uh, <laughs> that's funny yeah. um do you have a fix for how little red running hood should end or do you remember do you know do you remember how the original ends i don't think i do remember how they uh well no the original original ends that like the the wolf eats everybody and then it's just kind of like over right is that i mean this is a this is a fairy tale that dates back like it's i think one of the absolute oldest yeah i think there's Um, multiple endings to it yeah and the one i remember the most is where they end up um you know the hunter comes and saves grandma and little red and then fills the wolf up with rocks and then yeah the wolf like falls in a well or the wolf just like dies because it can't move yeah I think yeah like throw him Spoiler into alert. a river or something like that <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know yeah. do you have a fix for it or a scary fix okay so here's the thing about this fairy tale is like don't send your kid into the woods by herself <laughs> yeah. like yep. the, like the most obvious fix is to be like mom what what is it? What is it? What's so important that you have to do today that you couldn't possibly go with Little Red through the woods to take some stuff to your mom? Like, like what is 
sorry. <laughs> okay, but this is also, I feel like it's always important to remember, this is an old story. Like, remember, like, in this, I don't know, obviously, we weren't around in the 70s, but, like, kids in the 70s did, like, their own thing. Parents were like, okay, you're five years old. Go outside and play for five hours. Bye. I'll see you for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> Don't I mean, come back till the sun goes down. I yeah. do not want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely like different time, different time. But like there hmm. is actively wolves yeah. <laughs> in the forest. So like hmm. at minimum, send Little Red with something she, that she can protect herself with. Also, has Little Red never seen a wolf or like a drawing of a wolf? <laughs> like, why the fuck doesn't she know what a wolf looks like? <laughs> Somehow like- incredibly <laughs> sheltered, but also very like, yeah, <laughs> sent into danger. <laughs> there is a great meme that is going around that's like, I strive to be the kind of grandmother that like you can rec- like you can distinguish between a wolf <laughs> <laughs> that your granddaughter can distinguish between a wolf i think that's so yeah. funny it's the the fairy tale is like wild you know yeah. um but i but i think like mom comes with you through the woods mom knows what a wolf is and mom <laughs> is like I don't know, brings like a machete or a shotgun. (laughs) Mom kills the wolf in the woods. We're done. We're done with that scenario. End of story. End of story. But I think if there was like, oh, if I was trying to find a way, because this is already really scary, but if I was trying to find a way to like make this scarier, um, I think that I would have the wolf eat Little Red just like immediately in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then go eat grandma, and then mom comes to investigate the scenario. And oh, the chunk, yes. the biggest chunk of the story is like mom mm-hmm. dealing with the wolf Ooh. situation. That sounds fun. I love that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's because like my original, my my like. M- the thing that Kelsey and I keep bumping into is a lot of the time we read these stories that the premise itself is so awful that that it's tempting to make the fix. Well, that she just didn't have to don't, do that. Just don't like, do that. Yeah, just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But then, but then you wouldn't have the story at all. So you. Right. So it's 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 the challenge is often to pick a different point rather than just the premise. Right. to to <laughs> yeah. fix but i li- i like what you i like what you did uh with your fix for a little for a little red where it's like it just we just change protagonist exactly mm-hmm. like maybe it's not about this wolf like like creeping on this child anymore maybe mm-hmm. we switch that up a little bit and be like you get something really scary up front uh-huh. and then um introduce afterwards more of the like uh anticipation and like suspense mm-hmm. yeah which i think is a fun way to sort of structure a, a scary story absolutely i like that a lot that sounds like a great uh feature length film hollywood get on it <laughs> hollywood i've got 60 more of those uh, I mean, that actually like kind of segued nicely or maybe even answered my answered uh, like our next question we were going to ask you, which is how how would you make Little Red Riding Hood scarier? But I think, yeah, that's that's how I would do it. 
Yep, that's that is how that is how it would go. Yep, <laughs> make it more overtly horrifying, which seems exactly. very on brand for you. Oh, she can't be stopped. <laughs> um, going back to your podcast briefly before we get into the actual tale that you're going to tell us, what inspired you to start a horror fan fiction podcast? Um, I was thinking a lot uh, about format and and like what I wanted a format of a podcast to look like for me. Um, and at that point in time, uh, my favorite show was called Punch Up the Jam. Um, oh, okay. And they like listen to a song, di- dissect the song, and then rewrite the song. And I was like, oh. I really like that format of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how could I do something similar but with movies? And at the time, I, I have been sort of like my whole life a connoisseur of romance. And I was just starting to become a horror person. Like I was not a, not a scary movie person <laughs> at all for the majority of my life. Um, and then in the last few years, I really started to like it and get into it. And so, you know, that kind of like history with romance, getting started into horror and thinking about those things in the context of the kind of format that I wanted for a show, because I knew I also, you know, I already had a show with um, me and a, and a, and a second host. We have a co-host scenario. I knew I wanted to go into a second show with the idea that there was a different guest every time. So it was a, you know, uh, not as like, (laughs) not as much of like a fun. I had this, you know, a crazy idea while I was in the shower, sort of a scenario and more of uh, my producer brain clicked on and I was trying to make a lot of different things fit together as to what I wanted the podcast to accomplish. That is such a professional answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a I, blessing and a curse. <laughs> no, I I I love I love I love that so much. Um, and now I kind of want to check out Pump Up the Jam because that sounds that sounds it's really cool. Very good. That does sound fun. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Go listen to but make it scary if you haven't already. Um, it is so much fun. And Sequoia has amazing guests like uh, the villain was right. Yes. Uh, Pod and prejudice. One of our favorites, uh, Mike Schubert. We love Shubes from Potterless. He's great. Um, so he many just did great but make guests. it Christmas. I do. I do. <gasps> oh my god! I can't yeah, wait. For that's that right. <laughs> um, I so so that came out for Halloween. Um, yeah. because I do oh, the it? dumb thing where on Halloween we take a horror movie and make it into a Christmas movie because it's that's so what true. I want to do for Halloween. Yes, it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. But make it Christmas. <laughs> but make it Christmas, and we did Carrie. So go listen to a very Carrie Christmas. It's 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 good. It's good. I'm very excited to listen to that. But yeah, Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, your show. Absolutely amazing. Everybody should listen to it. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to put you through a different kind of storytelling experience. Uh, Sequoia, what story are you telling us today? Today, I'm going to tell you the tale of Thumbelina or Little Thumb or Little Tiny. (laughs) (laughs) incredible oh no i didn't know it had all of those names <laughs> thumbelina so, is just like an english translation of mm-hmm. what uh the the dutch 
Dutch. Danish. Um, Danish. Right? Nope. Yeah. Yep. Danish. It's a Hans Christian Andersen story. Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Whatever the Danish word is, which I cannot say, um, I do not know how to say it, but uh, it has had several iterations of English translation, and Thumbelina mm-hmm. is actually one of the more recent ones. Um, in, I mean, it's still many, many years ago translation, but one of the more mm-hmm. recent translations that stuck. Nice. Yeah, I actually have this really old um, Hans Christian Andersen uh, fairy tale book, which nice. has Thumbelina on the cover. I think if you can see it, it has amazing artwork. So obviously, I'll post it to our Instagram. But I noticed in this book, uh, Thumbelina was called Little Toddy. <laughs> Little Toddy, that's a good one too. Which I thought was really cute. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think Thumbelina makes more sense though because it's like she's the size of a thumb, but she's not the size of a thumb. She's smaller than a thumb. Oh, okay. Well, maybe okay. before we go into more stuff, we should make predictions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have any more like background on Thumbelina that you wanted to that you wanted to give, or do you want to give uh, give any background afterwards? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like this one is is mostly an invention of Hans Christian Andersen. It's not like actually uh, based upon m- other folklore for the most part. A little mm. bit Tom Thumb, but Tom Thumb is doing a very different thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's just also <laughs> tiny. So. <laughs> so I thought that that Perfect. was interesting. Um and so, so there's actually not like a lot of uh, history or anything surrounding the story because it is, uh, it is an invention of of his. Gotcha. Uh, so we actually have our own sort of like Christmas winter holiday tradition surrounding Hans Christian Andersen in particular. So it's perfect mm-hmm. that this episode is going to be coming out in early January. Nice. Uh, we usually do a Hans Christian Ander- Andersen story for winter time. Yeah, um, our, okay. our sad boy Christmas. <laughs> we have <laughs> we have sad Victorian bisexual boy Christmas. Oh my mm-hmm. god, incredible! An Oscar Wilde. Um. <laughs> yeah, we we'll do like an Oscar Wilde story or a Hans Christian Andersen story or or something something of that nature. Um, and we've we've discovered as we've been looking more into Hans Christian Andersen's life and the stories that he wrote that so many of them are absolutely loaded with romantic pining after someone that he mm-hmm. was interested in in real life who did not want him back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was just yeah. wondering if there was anything like that for Thumbelina. I know. I have not. So uh, we just did The Little Mermaid and I had this idea to make a timeline of Hans Christian Andersen's like love life and the fairy tales that correlate. Ooh. So I, I haven't done it yet. And I wish I had. Um, I wish I had already because then I don't know. Thumbelina just sounds. I think that one was written like in 1835. It's it was pre Little Mermaid, I believe. Yeah, oh, it was okay. one of his first, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, by the time this yeah. comes out, we'll post it again on the Instagram. Uh, you will see the the HCA love line. Yeah, we want <laughs> to really like, excited. Like, I want <laughs> I want the love line. <laughs> Amazing. I just want like a series of Hans Christian Andersen's life. It sounds so interesting and I don't know. I just love him so much. I feel for I feel for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what a sad man he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well then, so 
time for Kelsey and I to make predictions yeah. about Do you the go story. First? Yes, I will go first. Um, okay. Since I'm, I, I have seen the animated movie, so I, f- I feel like I know too much about the story to make straight up predictions about what I think happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kelsey and I will be making predictions about how we think the original story differs from the animated film. Because, right, I bet they made some stuff up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they had to up. Um, I also did not watch the film. So I'm also pretty, I'm pretty fuzzy. <laughs> but I do, is it too, is, is it, would it be fair to predict no, I don't think it would be. I'm already crossing it off of my mind because like there I do remember that there was some like shockingly like stunningly racist things in the actual animated Ooh. movie um that oh I God. I'm guessing were not like were not present in the original fairy tale. <laughs> That's prediction number 1. Okay. I'm thinking particularly of like the frogs. Oh, the frogs. So oh, like no, no shocking racist <laughs> themes <laughs> yeah no no stunningly oh my god i oh my god what am i watching right now like <laughs> racism <laughs> was in this story originally i don't think thumbelina and the fairy prince meet at all before the end i think it's one of those things where a prince stumbles upon her mm-hmm. at the end and is like she's cute <laughs> A classic. (laughs) (laughs) I think they made up their first meeting for the movie so that it wouldn't seem quite so strange. Or the voice actor playing the prince would have something to do. (laughs) (laughs) My third prediction on the changes, I don't think there's a beetle ball. All right. A a beetle ball? A beetle ball? Beetle ball. It's another one of those scenes <laughs> that I remember being very questionable because I did I did watch it recently enough as an adult for me to go like, uh huh. What am I watching? <laughs> it's something. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the movie uh, as as prep as prep for this, or has it been a while since you've seen it too, Sequoia? It's been a while since I've seen it, but I uh, it was one of my uh, my favorites when I was a kid. So uh-huh. I've seen it many, many, many times. I haven't yeah. seen it in the last couple of years, but what I can remember of it uh, doesn't necessarily hold up. <laughs> 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 to put it super mildly. I do not remember the Beetle Ball. I, so I remember specifically not liking this movie as a kid. I think it was because I didn't like the prince. Like I thought he was annoying. Um, mm. And I think it's like it was the same animators that did Anastasia. And I also felt the same way about that guy. Oh, you just you didn't like Dimitri's face. No, I hated him. I hated Dimitri and his personality. <laughs> like, Ooh. wow, that is oh, a hot understand. take. Yeah, yeah. I, rewatched, I rewatched Anastasia recently and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I don't know why, like, child Kelsey was being so, like, precious about it. But I just thought he was, like, super annoying. I wasn't into it. And that's all I remember really about the movie. Um, And, you know, kind of the basic storyline. But I don't remember a beetle ball. I'm excited to watch this now (laughs) afterwards. Didn't like that guy. Now I'm curious. Was it the same voice actor, too? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I was I was looking at the voice actors because I was like, 
who the heck was in this movie and like Charo played one of the played the mom frog and they made the Uh mom frog sort of look like her now that I know that that was Charo (laughs) that was really interesting but Gilbert Gottfried was the one I was thinking about Gilbert Gottfried played the the beetle Oh, so good. So. I love Gilbert Gottfried. I don't remember the Beatles at all in this. They were so scary. I can't believe you watched this as a kid yep. and don't remember the Beatles. I yep. don't think I watched it very much because I didn't. I, I thought they were annoying. I don't know. I was a weird kid, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beatles. we've already established your hot takes, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super strange because the fairy prince, I... I thought he was super sexy. I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> that floppy hair, the yeah. jawline, the it's wings, all about the floppy the tights. hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Dimitri was pretty hot too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I oh, say? I've always, I've always liked. Um, I don't know. I like I like beards and old old dudes a lot. So <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, I was like obsessed with Red Riding Hood and like the wolf. I found the wolf very sexy. So I just think I I just have a different type. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'm gonna make predictions now. Um, because it's a Hans Christian Andersen uh, story, I'm gonna guess that there is actually an unhappy ending. Ooh. I really don't remember the cartoon, but I'm assuming, like, come on, it has a happy ending, right? right. I'm going to assume yeah. this one does not. The cartoon, uh, Thumbelina and the prince get married and fly off in, like, a fairy carriage together or something like that. So Fairy <laughs> carriage. Yep. Cute. Um, I also want to predict that there are some helpful mice. I feel like I've made this prediction before. <laughs> It keeps coming up, but I really, I love fairy tale mice. Um, they're my favorite. And they're almost always really helpful and sweet and not evil. So that's my guess. Um, and for a third prediction, I also want to predict okay. that there's no love interest. Ooh. I think that's what I'm going to go with. There's no love interest. No that's probably, no, because it's, hold on, hold on. <laughs> This is, I the hardest, this is the hardest part of our podcast, and I blame Abby for <laughs> wanting to do predictions. And I, likewise, blame Sequoia I was for about making to say, that sound really fun. Pretty sure, the, or- pretty sure it's my fault. <laughs> you were the original reason that this is so hard. <laughs> it sounded really fun when Sequoia and Kim do it. <laughs> yeah, turns out that's a lot of editing on my part. Yep. <laughs> Oh, there has to be a love interest. It's an unrequited love. I know that's probably too. It's very Hans Christian Andersen-y though. <laughs> I feel like I'm going with some safe, some safe stuff. So yeah, unhappy ending, helpful mice, and an unrequited love. All right. Okay. Let's do it. This is Little Tiny <laughs> by Hans Christian Andersen. Um, uh, minorly edited down for... Lots of looking at flowers and being sad. Um, <laughs> so I on love brand. him already. So on brand. Exactly. I love him so much. There once was a woman who wished very much to have a little child, but she could not obtain her wish. 
This is classic fairy tale stuff. Mm-hmm. As yes. also what happened a with Tom Child. Thumb. <laughs> yeah. Tom Tom Thumb also was the product of we want to have a child and we uh, have to go mm-hmm. to a witch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, Ooh, is she gonna go to a witch? Well, it's it depends on the translation, mm-hmm. whether uh-huh. it's a witch or a fairy. It's one oh. of those things. She went to a witch or a fairy and said, I should so very much like to have a little child. Can you tell me where I can find one? <laughs> Interesting. Um, are you just what do you mean? Are you gonna go take one? You're gonna go, like take one from another family? Is there an unattended child somewhere that I <laughs> do you know also of any two wins? Yeah. <laughs> you got a nice neighbor? You got any witch. extra? Yeah. Do you have any orphans I could just can I have one? <laughs> oh, that can be easily managed," said the fairy or witch. "You just Here go is to a... the mall, and go to see <laughs> if any kids are wandering around by themselves. Go find it's the seventies. Go find some lashy kid. <laughs> go find a rogue <laughs> child. <laughs> Here is a barley corn of a different kind to those which grow in the farmers' fields and which the chickens eat." Put it into a flower pot and see what will happen. Mm. At this point, you're like, I don't, am I going to, is it going to grow a child from the ground? Weird. <laughs> this person's in. Thank you, said the woman. She's in <laughs> then she went home and planted it. And immediately there grew up a large, handsome flower. Something like a tulip in appearance. Okay. Within the flower, upon the green velvet stamens, sat a very delicate and graceful little maiden. Aww. And a tiny Aww. girl in a flower. Tiny okay. girl. Very cute. Yeah. Very delicate. I don't she- know if this is what she meant by a little child, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, a tiny, how tiny small one. can you make the child? <laughs> And what if it wasn't a child? What if it was just a maiden? Just to like act, just actively like an adult woman, but like really yeah. small. <laughs> she was scarcely half as long as a thumb. Oh, oh gosh. Half. Folks. Well, it's misleading. <laughs> that is. That's that's so tiny. Like she's even smaller than you think that she's gonna be. She's really little. Hmm. I feel like that would actually be really and I'm, I'm like I'm looking at my thumb and I'm trying to imagine a person like half as high mm-hmm. and then trying to imagine being able to like act accurately distinguish their features. Like how oh my close God. would I have to hold this tiny person? I don't know. How good is your eyesight? <laughs> Not I mean, it's getting worse. <laughs> it's not twenty twenty. I, I would have to hold her pretty close to my eyeball to distinguish and like, how much sound like can literally voice. come out of that tiny of, of a person, right? Oh my gosh, she'd have the highest yeah. pitched voice. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, can you hear it? Can you even hear it? Do you have to get that, get her really close to your ear in order to hear it? Yeah, sonically, hmm. I don't know that that works. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic, <laughs> tiny it's little magic. <laughs> and they gave her the name of Thumbelina or Tiny. Because she was so small. A little on the nose. Uh, spoiler, alert, spoiler alert. The story is going to refer to her as tiny for the rest of the thing. Thumbelina, we're throwing oh. that out. <laughs> okay. Oh. 
A walnut. Oh, I wish I'd made that one of my predictions so badly. <laughs> <laughs> a walnut shell, elegantly polished, served for her a cradle. A bed was formed of blue violet leaves and a rose leaf for a counterpane. I assume her little comforter, her little comforter, rose leaf comforter. Okay. One night while she lay in her pretty bed, a large, ugly, wet toad crept no. through a broken pane of glass in the window and leaped right upon the table where Tiny lay sleeping under her rose leaf quilt. What a pretty little wife this would make for my son, <laughs> said the toad. <laughs> Gross. Gross. I love toad bridegrooms. <laughs> like the most. Oh. Famously. <laughs> Just incredible. Every time. <laughs> she took up the walnut shell, which little tiny lay asleep in, and jumped through the window with it into the garden. In the swampy margin of a broad stream in the garden lived the toad with her son. He was uglier even than his mother. Oh. That was like kind of rude. Yeah, a little bit rude. rude to I'm the sure toads. that's subjective. Attraction, exactly. Attraction is relative. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's a very handsome toad. <laughs> <laughs> we will place her on one of the water lily leaves out in the stream said the old toad. It will be like an island to her. She is so light and small, and then she cannot escape. I'm like, I don't know. I think, like, that's not exactly how buoyancy works. Like, I think she can, I think she could probably float away, away. you know? You could probably mm -hmm. swim. She's, she's that small. Like She's really tiny. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean she can't swim, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about physics. Yeah, <laughs> This is like her first night on Earth, right? <laughs> like she just appeared. And this must all be very confusing for her. <laughs> I think there's there's an implication of passage of time that maybe I cut. Oh, okay. Um, but oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean so, she she emerged from the flower like a like a fully an adult tiny woman. So yeah. mm -hmm. she really hasn't had a lot to 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 acquaint her with the world other mm -hmm. than like this tiny walnut bed. Yeah, and how would you learn, how would you teach the tiny woman to swim? You know? Little, That's little, true. That's little, true. Like, bowl, put some water in it. Because <laughs> yeah. falling into uh, butter, like melted butter, is probably a real concern for these oh tiny God. fairy tale people. That would be so bad. <laughs> that has happened in it. one of our previous fairy tales. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was like, that's a really weird thing to come up with right off the top of your head. You, you gotta but, you gotta have them actually learn to swim. I feel like that's important. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a it's a hazard of being so small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently she can't get off this water lily leaf. All right. Um the tiny little creature woke very early in the morning and began to cry bitterly when she found where she was, for she could see nothing but water on every side of the large green leaf and no way of reaching the land. Aww. The old toad swam out with her ugly son to the leaf. <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> Here is my son. He will be your husband, and you will live happily in the marsh by the stream. Rude. You will. 
You will. Live Here's happily. my son. You're going to be happy. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> the little fishies who swam around in the water beneath had seen the toad and heard what she said. So they lifted their heads above the water to look at the little maiden. As soon as they caught sight of her, they saw that she was very pretty. And it made them very sorry that she must go live with the ugly toads. Oh. What is oh, HCA really got against toads? And this is really driving this home. Well, and also implying that were she not pretty, they it would be totally yeah. fine <laughs> that she's being like forced to marry a toad against her will. Uh-huh. Exactly. They're like, oh, she's totally out of his league, though. We need to help. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> So they assembled together in the water round the green stalk which held the leaf on which the little maiden stood and nodded away at the root with their teeth. Then the leaf floated down the stream, carrying Tiny far away out of the reach of land. Tiny sailed past many towns. She's just like, really? How long has she been on the leaf? Wow. When was last time she ate? Oh. (laughs) Like, when, like... The duration here is wild. Oh my god. Okay. How long are we talking? Like she's many towns. <laughs> How big are the towns? I have a lot of questions. She's very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> she's very small. The towns are probably also pretty small. Mm-hmm. She sailed past many towns, and the little birds in the bushes saw her and sang, What a lovely little creature. So the leaf swam away with her further and further until it brought her to other lands. Presently, a large cockchafer flew by. (laughs) That is the name of a beetle. That's a kind of beetle? That's a kind of beetle. It's a kind of beetle. Cockchafer. A cockchafer. Cool. (laughs) Um, There are beetles. (laughs) There is going to be a beetle ball. Oh, my God. I don't... (laughs) I don't. <laughs> oh, it's a cute beetle, I don't, too. I don't like it. There is oh not su- no such thing as a cute beetle. I'm it's, really struggling with your. <laughs> it's so cute. It has little. Oh, my. F- that is. It's so fucking cute. It's got it's, little. You have to Google you? a picture of it right now because it's adorable. If you were the size of half of a thumb and floating down a stream, would you marry that beetle? Is I my might. question. I might. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> He's got like little flappy ear things. I, it looks like kind of like a moth. Yeah. He has yeah. some moth characteristics. It it does have little antlers, <gasps> I guess, it's- that are kind of that are kind of neat. I I don't know, Kelsey. I'm <laughs> <It's so laughs> I don't know. You might be alone I'm in on love this with one. this beetle. <laughs> Kelsey Kelsey likes bugs though. I do. Like Kelsey a is lot. the person who was like she went she went to a she went to a nature center the other the other week and like held a stick bug and was like oh my god it was the best day ever <laughs> filled up my whole soul stick bugs are the coolest here's the thing is like this might be a cute cockchafer but uh it's is it a nice one is Aww. it a nice one that's my that's the question we're about to we're about to answer. The moment he caught sight of her, he seized her round her delicate waist with his claws and flew her into a tree. He seated himself by her side on a large green leaf, gave her some honey from the flowers to eat, and told her she was very pretty, though not in the least like a cockchafer. (laughs) 
I can't. Some- I can't with its word. With this word, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna keep happening. Sorry. Um, he he's just nice like so far. He's giving her food. I don't know. I think he's negging her. He like. <laughs> he's like he like came up to her at the bar and bought her a drink and he's like yeah you're really hot like not like the girls i'd usually go for (laughs) oh (laughs) oh my gosh and we hate to see it after a time all the cockchafers turned up their feelers and said she only has two legs how ugly that looks i mean that's fair if if you're used to six legs Then it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Um, Although Tiny was very pretty. Then the cockchafer who had run away with her believed all the others when they said she was ugly and would have nothing more to say to her and told her she might go where she liked. Then he flew down with her from the tree and placed her on a daisy. And she wept at the thought that she was so ugly. Oh, my gosh. This is so sad. Hans Christian Andersen, this is... It's very ugly duckling. It's very like I think he felt very ugly. Mm. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting mm. that like she was she was so she was too pretty for the for the frogs, for the toads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she well, went according over to those fish. According to the fish. <laughs> and then the, and then she went over to the beetles and the beetles were like you're not hot. <laughs> there's just like a lot of mixed messages happening here it's interesting i just feel like every character in this story needs to learn that attraction is relative <laughs> <laughs> exactly everybody yeah everyone needs to calm down during the whole summer poor little tiny lived quite alone in the wide forest like a long passage of time it's like months that she's just Aww. like roughing it in the forest And then came the winter, the long, cold winter. She felt dreadfully cold, for her clothes were torn, and she was herself so frail and delicate that poor little Tiny nearly froze to death. Yeah. She's so small she could drown in a raindrop. Like, Yeah, exactly. Like, the elements, not for her. Not for Mm -hmm. her. Near the wood in which she had been living lay a cornfield. It was like her struggling through a large wood. She came at last to the door of a field mouse. Oh, is helpful. <laughs> who had a little den under the corn stubble. Poor little Tiny stood before the door just like a little beggar, beggar girl and begged for a small piece of barley corn, for oh. she had been without a morsel to eat for two days. Please, sir. I'm so hungry. (laughs) (sighs) You poor little creature, said the field mouse. Come into my warm room and dine with me. She was very pleased with Tiny. Yeah, I'm glad that she got something to eat. It was touch Mm -hmm, and go there for a second. I was worried about her. Yeah. (laughs) The elements, no food. She was very pleased with Tiny. So she said... You are quite welcome to stay with me all the winter if you like. But you must keep my rooms clean and neat and tell me stories, for I shall like to hear them very much. Fair. That seems like a fair trade. Mm -hmm. Fair trade. Very fair trade. Very helpful mouse. (laughs) Excited. (laughs) (laughs) The best. And Tiny did all the field mouse asked of her and found herself very comfortable. We shall have a visitor soon, said the field mouse one day. 
My neighbor pays me a visit once a week. He is very rich and learned, and if you could only have him for a husband, you would be well provided for indeed. But he is blind, so you must tell him some of your prettiest stories. So now we've gone from the toads are ugly and she's pretty. She's ugly because the Beatles don't like her. This guy's blind, so you have to tell him pretty stories. Mm-hmm. So there's just like a lot going on with like, yeah, her her looks. Mm-hmm. Finally, her beauty. personality gets a chance to shine, <laughs> which is nice. Tiny was obligated to sing to him, and the mole fell in love with her because she had such a sweet voice. But he said nothing yet, for he was very cautious. A short time before, the mole had dug a long passage under the earth, which led from the dwelling of the field mouse to his own, and here she had permission to walk with Tiny whenever she liked. But he warned them not to be alarmed at the sight of a dead bird, which lay in the passage. I forgot forgot about this part of the movie it's all coming I back lean forgot about the bird the bird there is a, there is a mole in the there's in the a mole there. the, the movie yeah. is really close okay to the fairy tale really yeah. close yeah. i'm so excited to rewatch it <laughs> i'm so because like it's a rich mole right yeah yes. that's so rich cute. mole oh marry God. the mole Mr. is marry the, the mole marry the mole <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was a perfect bird with a beak and feathers and could not have been dead long and was lying just where the mole had made his passage. It made little Tiny very sad to see it. She did so love the little birds. All the summer they had sung and twittered for her so beautifully. (laughs) I'm honestly a little shocked none of the birds tried to eat her. I've been thinking that the whole time. When you were talking about (laughs) birds, like watching her pass on the river, I was like, they would eat her. They would 100% like swoop down. (laughs) She's too pretty. She's too pretty to She's be <laughs> to be eaten by the birds. The birds were just so enamored by her beauty. They could only sing about it. And then she was like too far away. And they were like, oh, wait a second. We could have eaten her. <laughs> I hope Oops. she's as, you know, tastes as good as she's pretty. <laughs> but the mole pushed the bird aside with his crooked legs and said, He will sing no more now. How miserable it must be to be bored a little bird. I am thankful <laughs> that none of my children will ever be birds. <laughs> stellar, okay. stellar mole voice. I love it. Thank it you. <laughs> For they can do nothing but cry. Tweet, tweet, and always die of hunger in the winter. It's not very nice. It's not very nice. You are very much imbuing him with like exactly that sort of like callous rich person energy that I would (laughs) expect. He's like, it's poor people's fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And oh, now I have to look at it. Exactly. (laughs) But during the night, Tiny could not sleep. So she got out of bed and wove a large, beautiful carpet of hay. Then she carried it to the dead bird and spread it over him. She made really Aww. quick work of that. Yeah, she's so like a, talented. She's like a, this, the half of the size of your thumb, and she wove like a full bird-sized quilt in like yeah. mm, 20 minutes. 
<laughs> just like casually. Super magical. Farewell, you pretty little bird. Then she laid her head on the bird's breast, but she was alarmed immediately, for it seemed as if something inside the bird went thump, thump. It was the bird's heart. He was not really dead, <gasps> only benumbed with the cold. <gasps> Aww. The next morning, she again stole out to see him. He was alive, but very weak. Thank you, pretty little maiden, said the sick swallow. I have been so nicely warmed that I shall soon regain my strength and be able to fly about again in the warm sunshine. Oh, said she, it is cold out of doors now. <laughs> Not a good idea. It snows and freezes. Stay in your warm bed and I will take care of you. The whole winter, the swallow remained underground and Tiny nursed him with care and love. Neither the mole nor the field mouse knew anything about it, for they did not like swallows. <laughs> not very nice. Prejudice. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Very soon, the springtime came and the sun warmed the earth. Then the swallow bade farewell to Tiny and asked her if she would go with him. She could sit on his back, he said, and he would fly away with her into the green woods. But Tiny knew it would make the field mouse very grieved if she left her in that manner. So she said, no, I cannot. Farewell, then. Farewell, you good, pretty little maiden, said the swallow, and he flew out into the sunshine. Aw. <laughs> this is a very cute story. Like... Just adorable. It is, it is very cute. It is very cute. You are going to be married, Tiny, said the field mouse. I love all the people telling her that she uh -huh. is going to telling be married. Her. Nobody <laughs> asks. No. My neighbor has asked for you. What good fortune for a poor little child like you. Now we will prepare your wedding clothes. Calm down, lady. Does Thumbelina <laughs> want to marry a mole? Marry the mole. He is a rich mole. But Tiny was not at all pleased, for she did not like the tiresome mole. Every morning. Oh, when this, yes, I love that it's a personality thing for her. <laughs> yeah. He That's just kind of sucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be something because like the entire like the story is cute, but it's very but, you know, it's very shallow and it's kind of all about attractiveness and like mm -hmm, things that right. are pretty. So I thought it was going to be a more shallow reason of like, I don't want to marry an old blind mole. No, nope. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, this guy kind of sucks. <laughs> yes, I love this. <laughs> every morning when the sun rose and every evening when it went down, she would creep out at the door. And as the wind blew aside the ears of corn so that she could see the blue sky, she thought how beautiful and bright it seemed out there and wished so much to see her dear swallow again. When autumn arrived, Tiny had her outfit quite ready, and the field mouse said to her, In four weeks, the wedding must take place. Then Tiny mm. wept, mm -hmm. and she said she would not marry the disagreeable mole. Yeah. You stick up for yourself. <laughs> Set boundaries. 
People stop telling me who to marry. (laughs) I don't think you can tell me who to marry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's been a few months, but it did just occur to me that maybe (laughs) maybe this is my decision. (laughs) Right. No, Field Mouse is not having this. Nonsense, replied the Field Mouse. Now don't be obstinate or I shall bite you with my white teeth. Whoa. Oh. Okay. So now we have to now we have to really get into it. Is the mouse helpful? Mm. It, at some point, the mouse <laughs> she probably was helpful. Would, you know, have died in the winter. That's true. Yeah, and I think that like so this and this is actually like a common it's a common fairy tale trope where animals like to do a good turn for people that they like, and it usually is like the animal does something to fix up uh, the person that mm-hmm. they like. So she is being helpful in the way animals often are in these sorts of stories. And she did help her not die over the winter. That's true. She also probably thinks setting her up with a rich mole is being helpful. Is being very helpful. That's true. She does think that. She intends to be helpful. At the very very least. Yeah. He is a very handsome mole. His kitchen and cellars are quite full. You ought to be very thankful for such good fortune. So the wedding day was fixed, on which the mole was to fetch Tiny away to live with him, deep under the earth, and never again to see the warm sun, because he did not like it. (laughs) The poor child was very unhappy at the thought of saying farewell to the beautiful sun, and as the field mouse had given her permission to stand at the door, she went to look at it once more. Farewell, bright sun, she cried, <laughs> stretching her arm out towards it. Oh. Greet the little swallow for me, if you should see him again. Oh. Tweet, tweet, sounded Yay! over her head suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> she looked up and there was the swallow himself flying close by. As soon as he spied Tiny, he was delighted. And then she told him how unwilling she felt to marry the ugly mole. Oh, now he's ugly again. Mm -hmm. Oops. And to live always beneath the earth. And as she told him, she wept. Mm. Cold winter is coming, said the swallow, and I am to fly away into warmer countries. Will you go with me? Hell yes, I will. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will go with you. (laughs) said Tiny, and she seated herself on the bird's back. Then the swallow rose in the air and flew over the forest and over the sea, high above the highest mountains covered with eternal snow. At length, they reached the warm countries, where the sun shines brightly and the sky seems so much higher above the earth. And as the swallow flew further and further, every place appeared still more lovely. Does she miss her mother at all? No. She hasn't, like, <laughs> she hasn't said a single thing about like missing her home or... Nope, not a single thing. And I didn't cut anything about it. Yeah, nope. interesting. <laughs> that is one like big change from the movie over to the, over to the fairy tale because I feel like they had a bit more about mm-hmm. Thumbelina and her mom. Yep, her mom mm-hmm. who wanted a child so badly and went to a witch or a fairy and got this thing... And she's just like, bye. Hey, you know what? Your kids don't owe you anything. 
<laughs> they want to take if they want to take a swallow to the warmer countries <laughs> and never think on you again. They can do that. They can do that. They fully can do that. <laughs> take a swallow to the warmer countries. Uh, that's that's something I'm gonna that I'm gonna use that now. <laughs> now in the winter, I'm gonna be like, oh, I wish I could just take a swallow to the warmer countries. <laughs> Perfect. At last, they came to a blue lake, and by the side of it, shaded by trees of the deepest green, stood a palace of dazzling white marble, built in the olden times. Vines clustered around its lofty pillars, and at the top were many swallows' nests. And one of those was the home of the swallow who carried Tiny. This is my house, said the swallow, but it would not do for you to live there. You would not be comfortable. You must choose for yourself one of those lovely flowers, and I will put you down upon it. Aw. Oh, the swallow's so sensitive to, like, her particular needs, too. Swallow's the great. The swallow's not going to make her live in a place that's not suited for her. Never. <laughs> the swallow would never do that to her. <laughs> that will be delightful, she said, and clapped her little hands for joy. Aw. A large pillar lay on the ground, which, in falling, had been broken into three pieces. Between these pieces grew the most beautiful, large, white flowers, so the swallow flew down with Tiny and placed her on one of the broad leaves. But how surprised was she to see, in the middle of the flower, a tiny little man! Oh. Yay! Oh, tiny little hot guy! As... <laughs> <laughs> he had a gold crown on his head oh. and delicate wings at his shoulders. And he was not much larger than Tiny herself. He was the angel of the flower, for a tiny man and a tiny woman dwell in every flower. And this was the king of them all. Oh, my gosh. I'm just having a flashback of being in preschool and this uh, this kid like opening every single flower on a bush to try to find little people in them. <laughs> I'm one like that just memory just like flash back in my mind. Wow. Okay. So that kid definitely read Thumbelina. Yeah. Yeah. Big Thumbelina fan, that kid famously. <laughs> so there's a tiny man and a tiny woman in every flower. Why yes. wasn't there one in the daisy she got dropped on? In every, I think in every flower in this column. <laughs> scenario okay the broken column scenario as it were okay. oh how beautiful is he whispered tiny <laughs> to the swallow <laughs> the little prince was at first quite frightened by the bird who was like a giant compared to such a delicate little creature as himself mm-hmm. <laughs> but when he but when he saw tiny he was delighted and thought her the prettiest little maiden he had ever seen he took the gold crown from his head and placed it on hers and asked her name and if she would be his wife. Oh, Queen of over all the flowers. Asked. Yeah, he didn't just tell her. Exactly. Incredible. And you will be my wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, God, you were so cute. I was it's, so hopeful. It's okay. It's okay if he's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This certainly was a very different sort of husband to the son of a toad or the mole. So she said yes to the handsome prince. 
Then all of the flowers opened, and out of each came a little lady or a tiny lord. Each of them brought Tiny a present. But the best gift was a pair of beautiful wings, which had belonged to a large white fly, and they fastened them to Tiny's shoulders so that she might fly from flower to flower. Then there was much rejoicing, and the little swallow who sat above them in his nest was asked to sing a wedding song, which he did as well as he could, but in his heart he felt sad, for he was very fond of Tiny and would have liked to never part from her again. Hmm. You must not be called Tiny anymore, said the spirit of the flowers to her. It is an ugly name. <laughs> Jesus. Rude. Damn. Rude. Keep those I mean, kinds of thoughts to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and you are so very pretty. We will call you Maya. Farewell. Farewell, said the swallow with a heavy heart as he left the warm countries to fly back into Denmark. There he had a nest over the window of a house in which dwelt the writer of fairy tales. The swallow sang, tweet, tweet, and from his song came the whole story. The end. Aw, that was cute and a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it fits almost, it fits really well into like, like the animated film is really close. Mm-hmm. But the animated film introduces the fairy prince at the beginning of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's a whole subplot about him trying to find Thumbelina again. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he didn't come until the end. So I mm-hmm. feel, I feel good. Yeah. I think you got good. three points, Abby. Three no. for three, baby. <laughs> Stunningly racist themes. I think there were like some prejudice themes, but nothing stunningly racist. It, yeah. it can be it can be argued that many of these species seem very prejudiced against each other. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. think I think there is a line to be drawn if you want to draw it, but it is not inherent in the text. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got two points for a helpful mice mm-hmm. and an unrequited love because there were many. There were many. The, the toad, the loves. mole, and the bird. And of course, I, it definitely had a, like a happy ending. But the sad swallow landing on Hans Christian Andersen's windowsill is just so, that's so beautifully. Right. Hans, I love it. <laughs> it's, the man loved a bittersweet ending. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad it wasn't just a happy ending. I would have been a little disappointed. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I loved that. That was a wonderful story. Thank you so much for telling it. And you did it beautifully, too. I loved all of the voices. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do Excellent I storytelling. I do what I can. Do you have a fix for it? Yeah, so there's a couple things in the story, you know, like uh, people just keep telling Thumbelina that she's going to get married and like mm-hmm. she's pretty good at like evading these situations. Um, I think that there's like what I want out of this story is for Thumbelina to be like a little bit more adventurous right like i i want i want instead of the toads 
um, kidnapping Thumbelina at the beginning of the story. I want Thumbelina to be like, mother, (laughs) (laughs) I know there must be people like me out there. I'm tiny, tiny, tiny little adults um, out there. Mm-hmm. And I want to fall in love or whatever, right? Yeah, and then, right. you know, her mom be like, no, you're too delicate and fragile for the big wide world. And then for her to be like, sneak out in the night to go yeah. on an adventure. Ooh, because like then, that. yeah, because then the, the, like the story is her story as opposed mm-hmm. to just like things happening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you can still have her like, encounter the toads or whatever um yeah um but maybe it's a little bit more about her like exploring the world and figuring out like uh, i don't know has she ever seen a toad before you know yeah Yeah, so so like her acquainting herself with all these different like kinds of animals and stuff and like learning how to survive out in the wilderness and then maybe it gets scary when she almost dies in the winter and the and the you know the mouse still saves her and that like that situ- situation breaks her down a little bit where she's like I'm never going to find you know um some little fairies or whatever uh, I and I can't survive out in the elements by myself in the winter. And so then maybe she's gonna marry the mole because she just has gotten to a point where she's like, I I can't do this this way and I don't know how mm-hmm. to get home. And I do like the I do like in the movie how much she like misses her mom and wants to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe like introducing that back into the story of like her being like, wow, I wish I'd never left home. But then like the but then she does leave that she does find this little fairy prince and she makes this swallow friend. And it's like, yes, you should leave home and you should figure out like what the world looks like and and meet all of these different people. Um, uh, and, you know, even if it gets really hard to do so. Mm-hmm. the risk is worth the reward yeah and then she goes yeah. home at the end because i really would like her, <laughs> to, be with her <laughs> to be with her mom yeah. and yeah exactly yeah that was definitely a really weird part of the story how she just it never mentions her mother again right just right she disappears and that's it and she's like well this is my life now she this doesn't even it. think about going home right because she doesn't have any agency in the story yeah Things are yeah. just happening to her. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing, the first way that she displays any agency at all is like the swallow asks if, you know, do you want to come with me to the warmer countries? And she says, you know what? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But she wouldn't have extricated herself from the scenario without the swallow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she wouldn't have, have run away. the mole. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I think I think this is a really good fairy tale. And if you just give her make the story about her and about her like uh, being adventurous and learning mm-hmm. stuff and da 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 as opposed to just like her wandering around seeing who thinks she's pretty and who thinks she's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this, the bones are there. The structure is there. Mm-hmm. You just have to change the intention. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is like a really cute story in a super magical little world, but I do mm-hmm. like I do like changing the change of the story is is tiny is on a journey of self actualization. 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> figuring out where she belongs in the in world. The world. Yeah. The only the only thing that I would add to that is that you know you keep all of the stuff but people talking about like how she's pretty or not pretty and one of the lessons she learns is that your self-worth can't be based on how other people perceive right. you. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah. 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 Do you have any caveats, Kelsey? No, I think that's perfect. I love that so much. That was delightful. I'm so glad you told that story. I had no, I had never heard the original. I don't think I had not encountered the original, only the film. (laughs) So I was glad to, to go on this journey. Oh, all right. So for my story... I'm very excited. This is the one that I'm going to do because I, I did have a slightly longer one prepared if we needed one to be a little longer, but it was a Hounds Christian Anderson story. So I figured um, odds were good that I'd be able to tell this like shorter one that <laughs> I think that I think is really fun um, and sort of like I wanted I wanted to pick one that was just to give you a little clue. I wanted to pick one that had sort of a dark theme because, you know. Sequoia is right. a horror, a horror person, yes. horror podcast. Uh, so the story I'm going to be reading you to today is from Favorite Folk Tales from Around the World, which is just a collection of stories uh, curated by Jane Yolen, uh for this edition of just some of her favorites. Mm-hmm. And this story is called Li Chi Slays the Serpent, and it's from China. Ooh, it's about a page and a half. So I want each of you to give me two predictions for what you think happens in Li Chi Slays the Serpent. For an additional clue, the section of the book that it's from is the section called Heroes, Likely and Unlikely. I will go first. I'm going to predict that Li Chi is an unlikely hero. Ooh, okay. I like it. And... I'm going to predict that Lychee's trying to save someone, and that's why he has to slay the serpent. Okay. I'm going to... <laughs> I'm, I'm notoriously bad yeah. at predictions. Um, <laughs> Me too. So let's see. Let's see how this goes. I am going to guess that um, Lychee is like a child a nice. young young kid and i am going to guess that i'm going to guess that the serpent has multiple heads can i guess Ooh. that yes i love that prediction that's so yeah, that's fun cool. <laughs> okay here we go lychee slays the serpent i did look up some pronunciation guides online so i feel like i I will be able to do fairly well for someone that does not speak Mandarin. Um, but, uh, you know, please, uh, please correct me, anybody, if I get it egregiously wrong. Okay. In Fukien, in the ancient state of Yu, stands the Yang mountain range, whose peaks sometimes reach a height of many miles. To the northwest, there is a cleft in the mountains once inhabited by a giant serpent, 70 or 80 feet long and wider than the span of 10 hands. Wow. That's a big boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Big boy. It kept the local people in a state of constant terror and had already killed many 
commandants, 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 commandants. I'm assuming, <laughs> like, it, like it literally, it literally is like it's it's spelled like commander, but a a n t s. I am assuming it just means like sort of person who is like commanded knights or uh, right. military officers or mm-hmm. some some sort of like official capacity, like warrior person, right? So, had already killed many commandants from the capital city and many magistrates and officers of nearby towns. By entering, are these people going to the serpent? It sounds like they're like, okay, we're gonna get the serpent, and they go, and they're like, guess we're not gonna. Absolutely, (laughs) it's it's definitely like a a bunch a bunch of knights and various other people Mm -hmm. are going to this mountain to try to slay this monster. I think it would also be funny though if like the 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 serpent was coming down into towns and just eating specifically those guys. <laughs> Nobody uh, else. It's yeah. just like a really anti-authoritarian. Yes. Oh, amazing. Serpent. Who's in charge around here? Yeah. Show me. Show me your law enforcement guy. officials. I'm gonna kill. Them. I'm gonna eat that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I lo- oh man, that's a fun fix for this story. That it's just it's a <laughs> oh no, it's oh an no. anarchist serpent. <laughs> <laughs> it had a goal, so it has killed a lot of people from the surrounding area. Either because it decided to go hunting people, or because they were coming to <laughs> coming to him. <laughs> Offerings of oxen and sheep did not appease the monster. By entering men's dreams and making its wishes known through mediums, what? it demand Yeah. It's got magic powers. It enters men's dreams and can also be it can possess mediums so that the mediums can tell people what it wants. Wow. Oh cool. Yeah. What it wants next is not cool. It is deeply <laughs> uncool. <laughs> it demanded young girls of twelve or thirteen to feast oh. on. This is Ugh. this is what shoots your anarchist snake right in the yeah. scales. I had such I said such hope. Yeah. <laughs> like this snake is not a champion of the people. This snake no, wants to eat not. nubile young girls. We hate that. We don't like this. <laughs> we do not stand. <laughs> Helpless, the commandant and the magistrates selected daughters of bondmaids or criminals and kept them until the appointed dates. One day, in the eighth month of every year, they would deliver a girl to the mouth of the monster's cave, and the serpent would come out and swallow the victim. This continued for nine years until nine girls had been devoured. Dang. Yeah. Is Leechy going to be one of those girls? What? How could you possibly predict that? (laughs) I love it. In the 10th year, the officials had begun again to look for a girl to hold in readiness for the appointed time. A man of Changlo County, Li Tan, had raised six daughters and no sons. Chi, his youngest girl, responded to the search for a victim by volunteering. Oh... So we're getting like a Hunger Games vibe now. Yeah, I volunteer as tribute. Right. Yeah, oh, Harazad kind of. Right? The one? 
like a Shah- like a Shahrazad kind of yes, also story. a little bit of a Shahrazad situation since mm-hmm. like it's specifically other women and girls who are being yeah. um, right. sacrificed. I right. love it. So she volunteers. Her parents refused to allow it, but she said. Dear parents, you have no one to depend on. For having brought forth six daughters and not a single son, it is as if you were childless. Damn. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's like, you've got enough kids. <laughs> I'm not doing you anything need me useful. Hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> I could never compare with Ti Jung of the Han Dynasty, who offered herself as a bondmaid to the emperor in exchange for her father's life. I cannot take care of you in your old age. I only waste your food and clothes. <laughs> this is like a like a twelve year old child. Yeah, yeah, she's like thirteen. My God. Yeah. Since I'm no use to you alive. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why shouldn't I give up my life a little sooner? What could be wrong in selling me to gain a bit of money for yourselves? God, sad. This is a, oh, this is a this is a in exchange for money scenario. Yeah, yeah. The families of the okay. victims uh, get a little Are compensated. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. It's just a girl, so yeah, just a- <laughs> <laughs> gotta get gotta get money for those. Oh my god, it's very messed up. But the father and mother loved her too much to consent, so she went in secret. We love it. We do. We yeah. do. Like, I do love that even though, like, like this is a very problematic little speech. Right. And, like, I, I don't, I also don't know a lot about um, medieval Chinese culture or, or like, how right. accurate any of this is. Um, and I'm also, you know, I don't want to be, like... I understand like culture is relative, et cetera, et cetera. But right. but definitely by sort of like Western, modern Western standards, it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I hate it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's she's gonna sacrifice herself no matter what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She is determined to help her family in in this way. Right. So Li Chi then asked the authorities for a sharp sword and a snake-hunting dog. Has nobody ever asked them for a sharp sword and a snake-hunting dog before? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's the first person to think of it. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, I should have asked for one of those before the snake ate me. Mm-hmm. When the appointed day of the eighth month arrived, she seated herself in the temple, clutching the sword and leading the dog. First, she took several packs of rice balls moistened with malt sugar and placed them at the mouth of the serpent's cave. The serpent appeared. Its head was as large as a rice barrel. Its eyes were like mirrors two feet across. Smelling the fragrance of the rice balls, it opened its mouth to eat them. Then Li Chi unleashed the snake-hunting dog, which bit hard into the serpent. Li Chi nice. herself came up from behind and scored the serpent with several deep cuts. The wounds hurt so terribly that the monster leaped into the open and died. Dang! That wasn't too hard. No! Yeah. Honestly? She's like, has no one else even tried to? I mean, I guess no, it's no. A- all those guys before. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, all of those like full like full <laughs> military dudes yeah yeah like full-on warriors have tried yeah. before and failed 
And you just like, had to it's bring really easy. Yeah. Bring a little home cooking to distract it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you get your snake hunting dog. Get a snake hunting dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then poke it a couple times. And it will, and, <laughs> yeah. and and it will just kill jump itself. off of the cliff. Yeah. Like there's no. <laughs> oh, damn. Lychee then went into the serpent's cave and recovered the skulls of the nine victims. She sighed as she brought them out, saying, For your timidity, you were devoured. How pitiful. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's savage. Yeah, she it's is a savage. Me. <laughs> I know. This girl's it's fucking like, whatever. <laughs> These girls couldn't hack it. Couldn't yeah. hack it. <laughs> she is not like other girls. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the king of you learned of these events and made Li Chi his queen. He appointed her father magistrate of Changlo County, and her mother and elder sisters were given riches. From that time forth, the district was free of monsters. Ballads celebrating Li Chi survive to this day. The end. Incredible. <laughs> Amazing. That was a great story. It was very fast. I was expecting it to be a little bit harder to kill the serpent. Nope. <laughs> like It I, really I, did most of the work itself. <laughs> It was kind of a cinch. You just can't you just can't charge at it head on like an idiot. You have to think <laughs> of some distraction techniques. Yeah. That would be my fix for this story is just I need a an like awesome epic battle scene cuz it was a little mm -hmm. a little a little a little quick and you're just like, "Wow, okay, so just leagues of men were killed, but uh, okay. I kind of love that part. I love that <laughs> so, so many funny. people have died trying. <laughs> and this 13-year-old girl uh, was like, sh she brought some rice balls and a dog. And like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I My... like that she asked for them. She was like, hey, yeah. can I get some tools with, with, to, with which tools? to fight this serpent? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to go like be the sacrifice and they're like oh mm -hmm. man no one's ever asked for those like, before it's so weird it's wild <laughs> oh we sure. didn't think about arming the sacrifice <laughs> <sighs> my my main fix for the story honestly is i wanted it to have more of a shahrazad energy i wanted i wanted mm -hmm. her to be doing it to avenge uh, her fallen peers yeah a little she, more she and she's so dismissive she's like, she's like pathetic yeah. <laughs> pathetic <laughs> i i don't yeah. i wanted it to have less of a not like other girls right energy to it right but everything else i loved yeah, it I just feel got like very that's the best lady. fix. Yeah, yeah, it really if, did. If you didn't have the bit where she was just like, whatever, these girls, like, <laughs> th then, like, then you're good. Then you're good. Although I do think that's kind of funny too. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It's also uh, kind of funny. It's why I decided to read this story. Yeah, because I was reading and I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. Like, it's pretty fun. But like, what sold me on it, like the clincher, what made it like a what the fuck story for me was <laughs> that girl going a like pathetic. What did she say again? Will you read it again? Yes. For your timidity, you were devoured. How pitiful. Oh my god. god. Like she literally like, says pathetic. What a she bitch. Sort of drags know. them. Absolutely dragging these dead preteens. Oh, How dare know. you? It's they're they're all fault. like girls that she didn't like. 
<laughs> she knew all of them. She had like a personal thing. Personal thing. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Only That's popular good. girls get to be, you know, sacrificed to the serpent. <laughs> you know, like, That's never going to happen to you, Lichi. Your parents yeah. love you too much. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. All know. those preppy posers didn't ask yeah. for a sword first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like she is wearing combat boots. Like I know when yes. this takes place, but like doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't She's matter. wearing combat boots. <laughs> she asked Absolutely. for a set of armor too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow. And now she's fucking queen. I mean, and now she's the queen. I the <laughs> thing is there's a lot to like about this story. She's <laughs> cool. Yeah, if she wasn't if she wasn't being so if she wasn't dragging fellow dead teens mm-hmm. then like she would be wait, she would be impeccable. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, who among us was perfect at 13? Yeah, not definitely me. not me. I also had a not like other girls. Here's the thing. Yeah, I, when I was 15, I was also not like other girls. So, <laughs> on that note, that is the end of this episode of Fairytale Fix. Yes. <laughs> Sequoia, can you remind listeners where they can find but make it scary and fantastical fix and any other podcast you know you want to shout out? I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but make it scary is the show that we've been talking about mo- uh, most here, and that show is wherever pods are cast. But make it scary at but make it scary on social media or but make it scary dot com. Um, and then my other show is Fanatical Fix, and where to find them? That is a Harry Potter fan fiction podcast where me and my co-host find and read the wildest uh, fan fiction <laughs> that was published before July two thousand and eight. It is oh. a great time. We do predictions in every episode um so yeah you can find that fanatical fix and where to find them anywhere where pods are cast at fanatical fix on social media or fanaticalfix.com. that was such a wild era to be alive and online oh my God. I incredible highly incredible. recommend fanatical fix if you were if you were if you read any fan fiction uh yeah. as a teenager it's any fanfic, not just Harry Potter, fan not fiction. just Harry Potter, because you read any fanfiction. <laughs> it all had the same flavor. Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah, and those flavors were weird and juicy, <laughs> <laughs> and they were not like other girls. They were not. <laughs> okay, well, thank you all for listening to Fairy Tale Fix. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple or wherever they will let you leave a review. Uh, you can leave us five stars on Spotify. Five stars only, please. If you love the show and you want to support us, you can get extra episodes, merch books, other bonus content at our Patreon by signing up at fairytalefix.cash for about what you'd pay for a latte a month. And I think we've got uh, 17 bonus episodes up Mm -hmm. uh, on our Patreon at this moment. So you get all of that for $6. Uh, if you don't have dollars or don't want to give us dollars, we love you anyway. Totally understand. Uh, there are other ways that you can support us, leaving us an aforementioned review or joining our Discord community or finding us on Twitter if it's still around in January. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, or Instagram at fairytalefixpod for both platforms. And please email us your favorite fairy tales, folklore, nursery rhymes, and other such things at info at fairytalefixpod.com. And Thumbelina decided to go out into the world and figure out who she is and how she fits inside of it. And that so happened to be as a fairy princess.
And Li Qi went and fought the serpent, not only on behalf of her family, but also to avenge the nine previous victims. <laughs> Because they were all the unfair victims, not only of the serpent, but of the patriarchy. And they all lived happily ever 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 after after. the end. end. (laughs) 